Y'all ready for the word this morning? The word of the Lord is unforgettable. Turn to someone actually say unforgettable, unforgettable. Jesus lived an unforgettable life and he calls you and I to live an unforgettable life. This word has been in my, it's been in my mind for a while. I've just been thinking about the word unforgettable. What would it look like to live an unforgettable life? Thank you so much, Hunter. Um, Jesus oftentimes used anything that he could find to tell a sermon or tell a story. In Luke chapter five, Jesus was standing by the lake. How many of y'all would like to have church by the lake? But you know, the interesting thing was is that Jesus was never embarrassed to try church service in a unique way, in a different way. It, like it was never weird for him to preach. Watch this. It says he was standing by the lake and he was preaching the word of God, not in a synagogue, not in a church building. The church has left the building in 2021. Uh, and one day while he was there, they were, they were crowding around him. Verse two, it says he looked behind him and he saw a boat. He saw two boats. And he said, I think I'm going to use that as my platform to preach. And I see behind me a motorcycle. I've been thinking about preaching a different sermon this year and kind of switching things up. Uh-oh. I think I might have to preach on the moped this morning. Anytime Jesus saw something, he thought, I could use that. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for this? There we go. There we go. I'm going to put this microphone down because I, I cannot hold this mic. There we go. So Jesus used everything at his disposal to preach a sermon. Why? He wanted to create an unforgettable encounter for every person who came to church. So I thought this morning I would preach from my moped to you. Preach something. How are you guys doing back here? You guys doing good? Woo! Let's have some church. You guys are like, what is happening right now? I'll tell you what's happening. We're having church, Josh. We're having church. Now, now Jesus, when he used a prop, he didn't want to just do it by himself. He needed a partner. He needed someone to do it with him. I'm looking for somebody to hop on the back of this this morning. I, I need a bro. I need to do this like dumb and dumber, right? Daniel, you want to hop on here with me? Traded this straight up. Come on. This thing is 40 miles to the gallon. You want to go to Aspen? Just go. Woo! <laughs> so Jesus would preach. Wherever he went, he would find something to preach about. And he would, hey! He would create unforgettable experiences and moments. How you doing? <laughs> People just walking in like, what is going on? Let me park this for a second. I feel bad. I, I made Daniel do this. Give him a big hand. I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep embarrassing him. Um, can someone grab my microphone? I'm just going to park this right here and, and preach for a second. Um, thanks band. Give the band a big hand. They're just up there just jamming with me. So, so Jesus preached in an unusual, unforgettable way. Everybody say unforgettable. What, what holds us back from doing things that are unforgettable, living an unforgettable life is oftentimes we like to live inside our comfort zone. We like to stay inside what's normal, what's routine for us. And Jesus was never afraid to try something different. 
most of the unforgettable moments that have happened in my life have happened because I'm willing to try something outside my comfort zone, outside of what maybe I'm used to doing. That's what Jesus did. He preached from a boat. But watch what happens. Jesus wasn't just wanting to create an unforgettable sermon. He wanted these people to have an unforgettable miracle from God. So watch at this. In verse three, as Jesus is preaching, he's in the boat, and he tells the, the boat owner, whose name was Simon, he says, put out a little from shore. And so he's out there on the boat, and he's preaching from his boat, unusual, unforgettable sermon. People have never seen this, you know, this kind of church service where a preacher's on a boat. Uh, and, you know, I think about even like 80 years ago, Amy Simple McPherson, she was one of the notorious like revivalist preachers in her time. She preached from a motorcycle and, and people made fun of her. They thought she was crazy, but she led people to Christ by the thousands because she did things that were unconventional. In unprecedented times, God's looking for unforgettable leaders that are willing to get out of their comfort zone and do things that nobody else will do because their egos are too big. They're too embarrassed to get out of their comfort zone but I'll be the foolish guy that gets on a moped or gets on top of a roof and preaches the gospel in a pandemic. So here Jesus is, he's preaching from a boat and he turns to the boat owner and he says, hey, let's let down our nets and see what we can catch here. In verse four, he says, put out into the deep water. Everybody say, unforgettable. Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon says, listen, we've been fishing all night. We've worked hard. We've been doing things the same way every single day. We know what works here and what doesn't work. We've been there. We've done that. We bought the teacher. We figured it all out. What holds us back from experiencing an unforgettable life is oftentimes we feel like we know it all that we've tried it all, we've seen it all, but I dare to believe that God has more in store for your life than what you've seen in your lifetime. No matter how old you are, God still has more revelation for you. He still has more unforgettable miracles for you, unforgettable memories with your family. So here he is and he says, listen, I'm telling you, do what I say and watch what will happen. So Peter says, all right, that's your word. We will let down our nets. Even though we've been doing it our way, we're going to try your way. Verse six, when they let down their nets, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And verse seven, they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled up both boat so full they began to sink. I hear the Holy Spirit saying this is going to be a net breaking boat sinking unforgettable year for the church in the world, not just in America. God wants to bring people from the north, south, east and west, but he's looking for people. He's looking for believers that are ready to get out of their comfort zone, that are ready to try something that maybe they haven't tried before. As soon as Peter experienced this unforgettable miracle, he's convicted and he says, Jesus, I'm unworthy. Go away from me. I'm a sinful man. I love Peter's honesty. He says, I, I don't deserve this type of miracle. I don't deserve this unforgettable moment with you. And Jesus said, I didn't do this so that you would be wowed by me. I didn't do this just so that you could admire my unforgettable life put my stories up in a museum and honor the unforgettable miracles of Jesus. He said, I did this because I want to invite you to live an unforgettable life with me. I think about how Peter 20 years from that moment would tell other people the day 
that he experienced an unforgettable miracle with Jesus because he was willing to get outside his comfort zone. If we're willing to do things that might be a little bit embarrassing, if we're willing to try God's word, if we're willing to get outside our comfort zone, if we're willing to put our egos to the side, if we're willing to stop making life all about us, if we're willing to trust God, we can have unforgettable moments. How many of you can think about some unforgettable moments in your life, right? And I was thinking about, for me, I remember when I was six years old and my dad and mom, they took me to Russia with them. And I was standing on this stage in St. Petersburg, Russia. And I watched as thousands of people came and they gave their hearts to Jesus. I'll never forget that feeling, that moment. I didn't speak that language. I didn't understand everything that was going on, but I knew those people were hungry for Jesus. I'll never forget the first miracle I saw when a woman came down in a wheelchair and she got up and she started walking in St. Petersburg, Russia. She had been in a wheelchair for 30 years, but that day she left her wheelchair right there at the front of the stage. I'll never forget when I was 12 years old, and I signed up for a mission trip and I, I went on this mission trip to Juarez, Mexico. And we drove in a 12 passenger seat van here from, from Victory. And AJ was with me on this van. And, and there, was, there was 12 of us in this van. We were all 12 years old in a 12 passenger seat van. A lot of 12s going on there. And, um, and we were eating Slim Jim beef jerkies and we were carrying rice and beans all the way to Juarez, Mexico to hand out. And our van smelled so bad because these 12 year olds, me included, we did not control our gas. And so toots were going on left and right every two to three minutes. It was the stinkiest 14 hour road trip to Juarez, Mexico. We get down there and AJ was blaming the toots on me. I was blaming it on him. I was like, it wasn't me. It was AJ, you know? And so we finally get down there and we're passing out rice and beans and we're praying with boys and girls. And I remember pulling up to this neighborhood in Juarez and it was called garbage city. Unforgettable. Never forget it. We get there and there's thousands of people living in this massive garbage dump site, just huge piles of trash, people living inside the piles. I remember these kids running towards our van. They didn't have shirts on, they didn't have shorts, didn't have pants, just underwear and no shoes, just running towards our van. I remember hugging and, and crying and praying for them and, and just wondering what else can I do? What else can I do? How can I be a part of serving this community, how can I help these boys and girls? And talking with the missionaries as, as we gave them all the dollars that we had, we brought money that we were gonna use to buy souvenirs and ended up giving a lot of our souvenir money to the, to the missionaries there to just help the boys and girls in that community. I'll never forget, when I got back in the van, they were chasing us down the road. And I put on my Walkman, I had a CD player, and I, and I put on my headphones and I had an old CD in there, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Greatest Hits. And, and, and the song came on, we will abandon it all for the sake of the call. No other reason at all, but the sake of the call. And I remember just looking out the window and the stinky smells of Slim Jim beef jerky just disappeared. And all I saw was these kids running after our van. And I just started weeping and I said, Lord, I want to give my life to help people experience your love for the rest of my life. If all I do is just help people experience your love, that's all I want to do. It was an unforgettable moment, unforgettable moment. I think about the unforgettable moments of, of, of when I was a kid and there was this older man who, who was a lawyer in our church. He was an attorney and, 
And him and his wife, they, they lived in the neighborhood of my mom and dad. And they said, Billy Joe and Sharon, can we help you out with your kids? Do you guys need help? You know, if you ever need help watching the kids, my mom and dad were like, yes, absolutely, anytime. Please take Paul and John. <laughs> no, they loved us, but they accepted all the help because it takes a village to raise kids. You know what I'm talking about? How many are thankful for the village that helps? Even right here, Children's Church, Nursery, all, all the people. Ash and I are grateful. So Gordon and Karen, they would pick me and John up. They'd pick us up in their old brown Mercedes. I'll never forget getting in Gordon's brown Mercedes. And, and he would drive us down the road. We'd go get a, a vanilla shake from Sonic. And then he would take us to the junkyard, which was weird because we were like eight and seven and eight years old. And he'd take us to the junkyard, just us and Gordon. And he'd say, go and pick out anything you want. And we were like, it's junk. And he's like, it's on me. And we were like, thanks. So we went out there, we started grabbing weird stuff and we got in his car and he said, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'll never forget that. We go back to his house. We would invent stuff with all the junk. We'd bring it back to our home. My mom and dad would be like, why did you bring that home? And we're like, Gordon got it for us at the junkyard, you know, but I'll never forget when Gordon passed away, I was at his funeral and I talked about how much Gordon impacted my life. He wasn't a preacher wasn't a missionary. I think sometimes we think in order to be an unforgettable impact on someone's life, we've got to in some way motivate them, inspire them, be a pastor, a missionary, a preacher. But you can be an attorney. You could be a stay-at-home mom. You could be a stay-at-home dad. You could be a, a coach at a high school. You could be a teacher. All of us were created to leave an unforgettable mark on humanity of God's love on the people that are around us. And I got up at Gordon's funeral. And I said, I'll never forget the man that Gordon was to me. I'll never forget the impact he made on me. I'll never forget Carrie, another lady who, who volunteered at our church and spent time with my brother and I. She, she taught us Taekwondo. I don't even know if she knew Taekwondo, but she would just come over to her house and be like, you guys want to learn Taekwondo? We were like, yes. And she'd come over here and I'll show you a kick and we would kick, you know, and punch. And, but I'll never forget the time that Carrie spent with us. I'll never forget I'll never forget those little things that people did, everyday, ordinary people. See, Jesus was inviting Simon and all these disciples to not just survive in life, to not just fish for a living, but to catch people, to, to add value to people, to make an unforgettable mark and impact on their world. Everything happened that Jesus, every amazing thing that Jesus did, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, I don't want you to just make a museum out of all my unforgettable miracles, because the miracles I do, you're going to do. And the ministry that I do for people and the compassion I flow in for people and the unforgettable generosity of multiplying the loaves and the fishes, I want you guys to leave the same type of unforgettable mark on the people around you. Why would Jesus give unforgettable encounters to his disciples? I think one of the reasons is he wanted them to experience his love. He wanted people to experience not just his love, but his provision. Imagine if we could talk to the eyewitness accounts of the people who were around when Jesus did ministry. Like if we could talk to the little boy who was there that day when there was thousands of men and women, boys and girls, and, 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 this, and this teacher is preaching and, and he says, does anybody have a lunch that they would like to share? And no one's willing to share their lunch. But this little boy walks up, eight years old, and he says, I got five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, I can do something with that. And he multiplies it and he feeds thousands of people. Imagine where that little boy ended up 40 years from then. And when he's sitting with his kids and when he's 80 and he's sitting with his grandkids, he would say, I'll never forget the day that I was in a church service out on a field and this guy was preaching and he wanted to feed everybody lunch and nobody was willing to share. 
but I got to participate in an unforgettable miracle. God used my lunch to feed the multitudes. I wonder what God wants to do in your life this year. I wonder where we limit what God can do. See, God wanted to create unforgettable moments for people to experience his love, experience his provision, experience his power. Think about Jairus, when Jairus' daughter was sick and Jairus came to Jesus and said, will you pray for my daughter? And Jesus showed his power. He showed that he can move in the miraculous even when he's not in the room. He wanted people to know nothing is impossible for God. He wanted people to experience the character of God. He wanted people to see his protection. Think about the disciples who were on the boat when there was a storm, a tsunami on the Sea of Galilee. There's lightning striking, there's thunder. The waves are crashing over the boat. And Jesus speaks one word and the storm stops. I guarantee you, Bartholomew, you guys don't hear that name very often. Bartholomew, he was one of the, one of the 12 disciples. We always talk about Peter. What about Bart? What about Bart? That's going to be one of my sermons this year. What about Bart? <laughs> I'm not talking about Bart Simpson. I'm talking about Bartholomew. All right, so, so Bartholomew, 20 years down the road, would be talking to his kids and be like, I remember we were on the sea. It was crazy. It was stormy. We were afraid for our lives. We thought Jesus only healed people. We thought Jesus's power was limited to only physical miracles. But then he stopped the storm that was supposed to kill us. And we realized his power is not limited to just one category. He also cares about the protection over our lives and our children and his angels are charged round about us. Why did God create unforgettable moments with his disciples, with ordinary people? Because he wanted everyone to know God cares about the details of your life. He wanted to reveal the glory of God, the character of God. He wanted to show that he's above everything. He can do the impossible. He wanted to draw people towards his heart. Ultimately, he wanted to change their lives forever. Psalms 111 verse 4 says his miracles are unforgettable. When Jesus did something, when God did something, everybody remembered it. I wonder if God wants us to live that same kind of life. That when we leave this earth, everybody remembers what you did. Y'all remember the movie, Remember the Titans? Come on, who saw Remember the Titans? Y'all remember that moment? They're playing this team and the refs are not being fair. They are calling everything against the Titans. They're trying to throw the game away. They are, they are prejudiced. These refs do not like the Titans. They do not like what's going on on the team. And the assistant coach, he sniffs it. He goes, something's wrong here. This is not right. He tells the refs, you guys better call this game right or I'm gonna turn you in. And the refs go, whatever, whatever. So then the assistant coach pulls the defense in. He says, guys, I want you to blitz all night. I want you to hit them so hard, they'll never forget the night they played the Titans. Did I say it like him? I've been practicing it. I look in the mirror, I try to pretend like I'm one of the actors in a movie. Never forget the night they played the Titans. But I think God is calling the church in America right now. And he's saying, the enemy is not playing fair. And they are blitzing you and they are doing everything they can to shut down the church. I want you to blitz all night victory. And I want you to hit them so hard that they never forget the night they played victory. See, God's calling the church to wake up, rise up, 
Stop living in a survival mindset. Start taking ground for the kingdom of God and live an unforgettable life. In unprecedented times, we must live an unforgettable life. Well, what does that look like? It looks like living with unforgettable compassion. Stopping and seeing the needs in your community and rising up and saying, I'm not just going to turn a blind eye. I'm going to be the good Samaritan. I'm going to leave a mark so much on my community that I serve the people that no one thinks I should serve. I'm going to live with, with radical forgiveness this year. I'm going to live with unforgettable, remarkable generosity. When I was in college, my senior year, someone gave me a book called Purple Cow. And it was a marketing book by Seth Godin, not a Christian book, just a, a business book. And I was studying business and, and I remember reading this book and it was so interesting because the, the author said he was driving through Germany with his wife and they came across this pasture that was beautiful, green pasture with cows all over the pasture. And, and at first they were like, this is amazing. They took a picture. Then they drove past another pasture and another pasture. And he said, all of it started to look the same. Every cow looked the same. And he said, now we were getting bored for, the, for, for several hours. We're driving past cows and pastures and we were no longer blown away by it. And he turned to his wife. He said, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a purple cow out here? And she started laughing. She said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm, I'm talking about what if in the midst of all of these cows that look the same, there was one cow that stood out, a purple cow. And she said, well, yeah, but that doesn't exist. He said, yeah, but if it did, what would you do? She said, I would stop the car immediately. We would get out. We would take a picture of that purple cow. And he said, and what else would you do? She said, I would tell all my friends about it. I would post it on social media. I would tell everyone, you've got to go see the purple cow. And so he wrote this book about businesses that stand out. Businesses that are like purple cows. They just stand out. They have amazing customer service. They're remarkable in the way that they do. The product is just incredible. And one of the companies he mentioned, this was 16 years ago, was Chick-fil-A. Hello, Chick-fil-A has continued to be a purple cow. They just stand, unforgettable. Un, like, in my opinion, best chicken out there. <laughs> And they're closed on Sunday. Talk about an unforgettable company. This company is operating with Christian morals and values, and they are kicking tail and taking names. I'm telling you, listen, not only has God called businessmen, businesswomen, Christian businesses to stand out, to be an unforgettable company, he's called Christians to stand out. He says, you are a royal priesthood. You were not born to fit in and blend in with everyone around you. You are a chosen generation. You are a chosen people. I called you out of darkness into marvelous light. You were born to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Stop acting like you have 300 years to live. You are not promised tomorrow. So make today count. Live unforgettable. Live with unforgettable generosity. Live with unforgettable kindness. Live with unforgettable. I think about when Jesus showed up to a graveyard. And people told Jesus, don't bother. He's dead. Imagine if you were there the day that Jesus shows up to this graveyard and he says, where's the dead man? They say, he's over there. You don't want to. It stinks. He's been dead for days. And he says, Lazarus. You could feel the chills all around it. This was an unforgettable church service. Lazarus. Come forth. And all of a sudden, a mummy gets up and starts walking towards people and starts unwrapping all of the bandages around him. A dead man came back to life. You know what happened at Victory in 2020? A dead girl came back to life. <laughs> Ashley Ann Spa, unforgettable. I don't know about you, I'll never forget. 
that God raised Ashley's life back to life, from death to life. God wants the church to move in the miraculous. God wants you to move in the supernatural. God wants you to feed communities. I'll never forget in 2020 how God used the Tulsa Dream Center to bring 13 million meals, partnering with farmers for families all over the nation with disaster relief, bringing meals to people who were in need. See, oftentimes we think to be unforgettable, I got to do something big. No, you just got to do something small that matters to add value to someone else's life. I think so many times we miss. I was talking with John Maxwell. I said, what has God been speaking to? He said, I can't get this word out of my mind. Unforgettable. I said, I've been thinking about that, too. He said, the difference between forgettable leaders and unforgettable leaders is just a little bit more effort, just a little bit more intentionality, just a little bit more paying attention to the needs of people and responding to those needs. I think sometimes we think we've got to do something big to leave a mark, but it's the little things. It's like Gordon just picking me and John up, saying, I can add value to this family. I can help these boys in my neighborhood. I can help out here. I can serve right here. How could we live unforgettable lives? Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Let me tell you why you're here, church. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. And then he goes on to the next verse. And he says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. When, when, listen, if you were to pluck victory out of Tulsa, and we no longer were here, if you were to pluck this out in 2021, there would be a, there would be a missing piece in this city because this church has touched this city for 40 years. We're celebrating our 40-year anniversary in 2021. But it's because people like you who've said, I can help here. I can serve here. I may not preach on a stage, but I can hug someone out in the parking lot. I can open the door. I can help that single parent mom who's coming in, who just needs her car to be repaired. I can help out at the Tulsa Dream Center. I can serve a meal. You want to be unforgettable? Start serving people. Start loving people. Get our eyes off ourselves. That's how we make an impact. That's how we make a difference. Colossians 3 verse 17 says, whatever you do, whatever you do, just say that with me, whatever you do, Whatever you do, whether you're a mom, a dad, a college student, a pastor, a missionary, a coach, a weight trainer, whether you work at the gym, whether you work at Quick Trip, whether you work at Taco Bueno or Mazio's or Hideaway Pizza or Incredible Pizza or any pizza place in town, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's my job title, which means that my purpose never changes, even when my job changes, even when my titles change. My purpose is still intact. My purpose is to glorify God in whatever I do. Whatever I do, I want to be unforgettable. I remember getting invited to a dinner with John Maxwell. We came to the dinner, and I was so honored to be there. I felt like I was unworthy to be in his presence because he was you know, this big leadership guru, and this was before I'd really built a friendship with him. We come to the dinner, and he says, hey, I want to give you something. I walk into his house and he gives me a Bible, but not just any Bible. It's the Maxwell Leadership Bible, and he has my name and printed on it. I said, I didn't know you knew my name. He said, oh, yeah, Paul, I've watched your sermons. And then I just started to cry. I was like, please, don't, don't watch my sermons. <laughs> he said, no. He said, I just want you to know I believe in you. I want to add value to you. We walked in, in his house, and 
He said, I, I got a dinner set up for you. I've been preparing for you and Ashley and Darius Daniels, Chris Hodges. And there was a couple other pastors there. Jonathan Stockstill. We're sitting down there and he brings this guy in who has a flamethrower. I kid you not. He brings a flamethrower right outside his house and he just flames this pig right in front of us. And I was like, who has a flamethrower? He said, I had to rent it, but I saw it on a movie and I just really wanted to get it one night. And he said, I've been saving up to rent it for a special dinner and I thought I would use it on you pastors. I'll never forget the flamethrower coming out at that dinner. And he said, you know, I wanted you guys to never forget this dinner and I was trying to figure out how to do it. And he said, I just thought a Bible probably wouldn't, like you, you're grateful for the Bible, but the flamethrower, that's what did it, wasn't it? It was the Bible and the flamethrower. But I wonder if we could, you know, sometimes we think I, in order to be unforgettable, I have a lot, I gotta have a lot of money to make an impact. I'll never forget this one time, it was pouring rain outside. And, and we had just gotten out of school and one of my teachers said, you guys wanna go play in the rain. Now our teacher was done with their duty. They had worked till 3 p.m. They were ready to go home. But this teacher decided to put in a little extra effort. You guys wanna go outside and play in the rain? I was like, yes, I do. And me and Ashley, Daniel, several of us students, we ran out behind the school. This building wasn't built. This building back here wasn't built. It was just an open retaining field. And it had filled up two, three feet of water. And we swam in that field. We turned it into our own big splash wave pool back there. And we swam. And our teacher was out there having fun. With, I'll never forget how that teacher made me feel. People will forget what you say, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. When you choose to spend a little extra time showing love, and it doesn't cost money to be unforgettable, it just costs time, it costs attention, it costs intentionality, looking out for those moments to say, how can I add value to the people that are around me? I want the keys to come up. Colossians 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all with enthusiasm, do it all with excellence, do it with all your heart. Everybody say, whatever you do. Paul was saying, whatever you do, do it with everything you've got. Do it with everything you've got. Do it in a way that people never forget what you did for them. And when you work, don't show up to, to your job working for a paycheck. Show up to your job working for the Lord, not for human masters. I'm not working for him. I'm working for him. And because I'm not working for him, he doesn't determine my value. He might pay me a certain amount, but he's the one who sees my work. And his eyes are always watching how I treat people. And if I'm cutting corners or padding the cost, or treating clients wrong, or talking about my boss behind his back. My real boss, my undercover boss, he's always watching, undercover boss. He's always there. He says, I see, I see what your boss didn't see. I see how you gave that $10 bill to that, that coworker that was hurting. I see how you paid for someone's coffee. I see how you showed up 30 minutes early. Your boss may not have seen it, but I see that you're working for me. Don't let a paycheck determine your value this year. Don't, don't let a nation determine, don't let a stimulus check determine whether you're gonna live with enthusiasm or excellence or hope. Oh, I just hope the government fixes all our problems. I don't know, God's put you on this planet for such a time as this. I'm not waiting for the White House to fix America. This is God's house and we're gonna change our nation one person at a time. And a paycheck does not determine your worth. I want to just leave you with five things that Colossians 3:23 tells us. Number one, it tells us to be an unforgettable person, you've got to work with excellence. 
Number one, excellence, an excellent spirit. The Bible says that there were people that God used who had an excellent spirit and he used them to do amazing things. In Daniel chapter six, there was a secular kingdom, a Persian empire, and they were godless. They didn't care anything about God's word or God's commandments, but Daniel was a believer. He was a Hebrew boy who had put his faith in God. And it says Daniel distinguished himself amongst all the other co-workers. So he's surrounded by people who are mean, people who don't believe in God, people who don't believe in God's values, God's word. And yet Daniel distinguished himself, not by shouting all these Christian scriptures all the time, but by working hard and having an excellent spirit in the workplace. I'm telling you, it's one thing to memorize scripture. It's another thing to live with an excellent spirit and be like Jesus in your workplace and choose to show up on time and live with integrity and live with honesty and not be lazy and have good work ethic and show up and go above and beyond your boss's expectation. You want to get the attention? I'm telling you, have an excellent spirit. Daniel continued to be promoted because he said this, I'm not working for this king. I'm working for that king, which means I'm going to do the best I can do. I'm going to pay attention to details. Excellence. Our worship team gets here five hours before service to prepare an excellent worship set for you. Before you come in, they've practiced four times through an entire worship set. They've checked every instrument. They've gone through the music notes. This yesterday, I came in here and I rode the moped around here for hours just practicing so I didn't crash that moped in front of you guys. Why? I want to do things with excellence. I'll come in through the halls during the week. I'll stay late. I'll pick up trash. I'm part of the janitor team. I want to keep this building excellent. I want this church to be excellent. I, I'm not talking about perfection. Perfection is religion. Our amazing guy who works behind the scenes here, Andrew Hunt, he was talking before service. He said, aiming for like trying to be perfect. That's religious, but doing things with excellence. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom mentality. I, I liked that, Andrew, that I want to, I want to live for the kingdom and, and the kingdom of God is calling me to live with an excellent spirit. Do the best I can with what I have. Number two, enthusiasm. Paul said in Colossians three, verse 23, work with enthusiasm, work with enthusiasm. Ephesians um, six, verse seven, says, do not be lazy, but work with an enthusiastic spirit as if you were working for God, not for people. Enthusiasm is an attitude issue. I remember I was working at this camp in Maryland and um, we were working from long days, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. And, uh, and my paycheck, I got paid $1.83 an hour. That's illegal. It's all good though, I forgave them, we, we talked through it. And they were like, well, you signed your name here, so technically it's not illegal because you signed up for this. And I was like, that's true. So my paycheck every two weeks was $126 and like 93 cents. And, um, and I, was, I was so discouraged by my paycheck. You know, granted, they did feed us meals, so I did have free meals. And, and, and they, did, they did let me stay in, in one of the houses there with, with the people, so that was good. Um, but I, I roomed with 12 guys. We shared one bathroom, and we all shared one room. There were six bunk beds stacked next to each other, very small room, and it was stinky. It was like the, the van that we drove from Tulsa down the Mecca. It was stinky in that room. We shared one bathroom every morning, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I was tired. People were mean. My coworkers, they were just frustrating to be around sometimes. I just wanted to leave. Nobody knew that, you know, in Tulsa, there was people who would recognize, you're the son of Billy Joe. There, nobody knew who Billy Joe Victory was. And I liked it because God was really stretching me in that way. But I remember running every weekend. I'd go on a jog and I would run past this long stretch for three miles and it was just dead grass. Somehow, the, all the grass in that area had been burned up and so it was dead brown grass. There was no, it, nothing green, no, no life growing in that area. 
And this one weekend, I'm running past it, and I saw this beautiful sunflower that had just bloomed in the middle of this dead field. And I stopped and I looked at it. It was like a purple cow. I just looked at that sunflower. You shouldn't be there. Why are you there? And I heard the Lord say, bloom where you're planted. Stop letting your surroundings determine your spirit. Bloom where you're planted. Choose to be enthusiastic right where I have you. And I took that sunflower, that mental image, and I went back to my job on Monday. And I started just giving it all I got with joy, with enthusiasm. I started getting into my job. There was one job I had where I was a janitor and I was working for three years in this role as a janitor and they placed me out in a parking lot. And it was in the middle of the summer in Tulsa and there was an event happening at the place where I was working and it was a week long event. So every day I had to be in the parking lot for like eight hours a day. And I'm out there, it's like 100 degrees hot here in Tulsa. The humidity factor is so hot, I'm sweating. And I'm out there directing traffic and I was like, come on, just come through here. You know, I was just sad. And my supervisor came and he said, can you at least pretend to be happy as people are pulling up here? And I was like, I am, I'm happy on the inside. And he's like, can you tell your inside to tell your outside that you're happy too? Because your face just looks like you are so mad at your job. And I was like, okay. And um, I said, I'll, 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 I'll try to smile. So I was like, hey, welcome, you know. <laughs> And the Lord checked me and said, stop letting your paycheck determine your spirit. Because I was like, they're not paying me enough to smile here. They're not paying me enough to be happy. And the Lord was like, you're not working for them. Don't let them determine your spirit. Let me determine your spirit. To be an unforgettable employee, to be an unforgettable mother, father, to be an unforgettable leader, you have to stop letting people dictate your spirit. And you have to choose, I'm going to choose a great attitude every day. And so in that moment, I, I repented. I was like, Lord, help me to get a better attitude. So I started getting happy. I started doing dance moves out there. I was like, come on this way. You know, and I'm like welcoming cars. I'm like, we're so glad you're here. I was over the top. My supervisor was like, all right, you're fired. Stop. That's sarcasm. And I was like, no, it's real. I'm happy. And he goes, all right, you're, you still got the job. You know, he was like that. But enthusiasm. Romans 12, 11 says, don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord with enthusiasm. It's an act of worship when you show up to your job and you give it all you got. It's just as great as singing what a beautiful name it is at church when you show up to your job and you work unto the Lord with enthusiasm. Number three, exceed expectations. Find out what your boss expects from you and go above and beyond. There was a woman in the Bible named Rebecca in Genesis 24. Abraham was looking for a wife for his son Isaac and he sent his servant Eleazar to find someone. And Eleazar came to this water well where there was this woman named Rebecca. And Rebecca says, can I get you some water? And he says, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. And she goes and she draws a bucket of water and she serves this stranger she's never met. He drinks the water and she says, how about your camels? He had 10 camels. He said, my camels haven't drank for days. They could really use that water. A camel that hasn't drank for days can drink 40 gallons in less than an hour. So imagine as Rebecca, this single girl, keeps going back and forth to this well, drawing water. She's exceeding the expectations of this guy. She's changing his perception about who she is. She goes above and beyond. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 41, when someone asked you to go a mile, go a second mile. When someone asked you for a coat, don't just give them your coat, give them, give them extra. Surprise them by going the extra mile. Exceed their expectations. 
By the end of Rebecca serving these camels, this guy was convinced this has got to be the future wife of, my, of Abraham's son, Isaac. I've got to convince her to come back and marry Isaac. Her job of doing that above and beyond, it grafted her into the story of God. I'm telling you, when you choose to exceed the expectations and go above and beyond, like John Maxwell, like, like doing that. I remember talking to Jensen Franklin a few years ago. He tells me this story every time I see him. He said, your dad left an incredible mark on me. He exceeded my expectations. He gave me a gift I'll never forget. 2007, he gave me a gift and he said, every year I think about it. No one has ever given me a gift like Billy Joe did. He exceeded my expectations. When Maxwell came to speak here, I asked their assistants, I said, what does he like? They said, he collects pens. I said, I wanna get him a pen but not just any pen, the right pen. They said, okay, here's the kind of pen he likes. I said, what else? They said, that's it. I said, I'm gonna go above and beyond. I wanna get him a journal with his name on it. And they said, oh, that, that'll be nice. I said, I'm gonna write him a note. They said, that's good, maybe two paragraphs. That's what people write. I wrote him 20 pages. I filled out the whole journal. He called me when he got home, he opened the journal. He said, you gave me a journal, but there's nothing left for me to fill in here. And he laughed, he said, I read your whole story because I wanted to tell him how much he meant to me. He said, Paul, you exceeded my expectations. I said, that's what I was going for. Let's live an unforgettable life. Number four, encouraging and empowering others to succeed, to live an unforgettable life every day. Look for ways to encourage and empower others to succeed in a world of so much greed, so much selfishness. It's mine, my credit. I came up with that. That belongs to me, my paycheck, my money, my, my, my. In a world that's obsessed with self-absorption, what if we turned around and started looking for ways to help others? So in the last service, I, I asked, who needs help? Who's struggling right now? And I wanna ask you today, maybe you came to church today and you said, Paul, I can't even pay for gas this week. I can't even pay for my electric bill. I am really struggling right now. And I, I, I'm talking, there may just be a few people in the room this morning, but if you are really, really like, it is tough on you right now. You can't even pay the bill. I'm not talking about like, I think I'll get through it. I'm saying like, you don't know if you can, if you can make it this week financially. If that's you, just raise your hand. My man back there, who's got his hand raised, will you go and hand him this $50 bill? He just raised his hand back there. Now I'm seeing more hands going up. <laughs> God sees you, and he cares about you, and he loves you. Who else is having a hard time financially. What if we could leave an unforgettable mark this year? Just saying, hey, let me buy your lunch this week. Let me pay for your gas this week. Sometimes we think being unforgettable means we got to preach from a motorcycle or get on a boat. But sometimes it's just saying, hey, you see that couple sitting over there in the restaurant? Take care of them. Bless you, God loves you so much. You're beautiful, mighty woman of God. Someone else raised their hand over here. Was there someone? Oh, right over here. What if we looked this week to add value to people? What if we looked this week? Is there anyone today who's celebrating an anniversary? Anyone celebrating an anniversary? You've been married for a certain amount of years. This week, you're celebrating your anniversary. Where are you? Where are you? Oh, right up here. Come on, give these guys a big hand in the front row. How many years? 23 today. 23 years. Come on, date night on victory. Someone else? Someone else? 
Where? You guys celebrating an anniversary? How many years? Six years. Come on. Just getting started. You guys got this. Go on a date night on us. I'm looking for a college student right now. A college student. You need this? Someone handed me this in the last service. They said, find someone who just needs some help. They're in college. It's a hundred bucks for you, man. I got some gum. I just gave all my, key, uh, all my money, but I got gum. Anybody need some gum? Who's got bad breath right now? I got, I got you. <laughs> we'll split it. You don't have bad breath. I do. I'm telling you, when I get done preaching, I am knocking people out, not in the spirit, but with my breath. It's just a little bit extra. Number five, expressing God's generous love intentionally. How could we live an unforgettable life this year? You go, Paul, I just need someone to like give me a prophetic word that confuses me in this hour. This is a real practical message for you today. It's not a prophetic word that's going to confuse you or try to get you to read into all the, the current events and try to connect it to Revelation and the book of Ezekiel and Daniel. It's very practical. Live like Jesus this year. We need that. We need practical words that just remind us, you know what? I just need to be generous this year in a world that's so focused on themselves, so obsessed with conspiracy theories. I need to look for ways to help the people around me and add value to them. Number five, that's it. Express God's generous love intentionally. You might have saw someone that raised their hand just five minutes ago, someone that I didn't get to help. What if you leaned over and said, here's a 20? That's what Ty Barker did last night. I asked who needs help, and I only had two gift cards. Ten people raised their hand. And all of a sudden, spontaneous generosity started flowing. It was like everybody pulled out their moped and said, I'm going to do something outside my comfort zone today. I'm going to be unforgettable in this church service by helping my neighbors. I'm going to end with this last story right here. That same camp that I worked at where God told me to bloom where you're planted. I was working with second graders, eighth graders, and first graders. They would rotate me between those three groups. I built a really strong friendship with all these second graders that came from an urban area in Washington, D.C. They were bussed into the camp. And at the end of the summer, after three and a half months, all the kids, they were saying goodbye. I was waving goodbye to them. I was crying, and we had built this friendship. They were saying, hey, we love you. You're an awesome teacher, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul. Thank you, Mr. Paul. And this one girl came up to me, and she goes, I forgot your name. I was so mad. I was like, my name? You're supposed to not forget my name, you know? And I was like, I know your name, you know? And I was getting really, like, defensive. She goes, I forgot your name. And before I could tell her my name, she interrupted me. She said, but I just want you to know, you're the best leader I've ever had. And I love you so much. And she wrapped her arms around me. I'll never forget it. I was 19 years old. That was a while ago. But that memory sticks with me. And God said, you weren't here to teach her your name. You're not here to teach people your name. If I die and everybody just remembers my name, I've missed the point. I wasn't there to teach her my name. I was there to teach her God's name. She experienced God's love because I forgot about trying to teach her my name. Would you stand your feet all over this place? What if this year our goal was not to be unforgettable with our namesake, 
But what if our goal was to be unforgettable with the character of God flowing through us in our workplace, working with excellence, working with an enthusiastic spirit, working unto the Lord, being intentional, living with generosity, looking for ways to show compassion to people around us? What if we looked for ways like Gordon to bless the people in our neighborhood, to take care of that young couple who just had their third kid and say, hey, I'll give you free babysitting. I'll look for ways this year to add value to the people around me. What if we're like that teacher who stays after just a little bit longer after school and says, hey, I want to have fun with you kids. I want to do something fun. A memory we'll never forget. There were moments where my mom and dad, we didn't have much money. There were seasons where we, we, we didn't have anything. My mom and dad, they would just empty out their bank account and just give it all to the church to, to work on the next thing we were doing as a church. And they'd say, let's make a memory together. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized you don't have to have money to make memories. We had unforgettable moments. People say, what do you love most about your dad? Which sermon do you remember the most? What's, what's the most unforgettable memory? And I'm thinking, oh, it was our walks. We Walks with dad. I'm gonna write a book someday called Walks with Dad because it was... It didn't cost any money. He would just go walking with us through the neighborhood and we would pull a wagon and we would go walking through the neighborhood. And I think sometimes we think to be unforgettable, I gotta have a lot of money, gotta have a big budget. What if this year you looked for little opportunities to have unforgettable moments with the people around you, to just add value, to spend that extra time, to put your phone down and be present and listen to people, watch people, look them in the eyes, make them feel special. Give somebody a $20 bill. Pay for somebody's coffee. What if today you treated that waiter, that waitress, who takes an extra 30 minutes to bring you your food? What if you treated them with unusual, uncommon kindness and you gave them an unusual tip? And they said, you must be from victory because you guys, you guys, you stand out. You're like a purple cow. You guys are different. Come on, Jesus. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all over this room. If you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I want to have an unforgettable year, an unforgettable life. And it starts with surrender all over this room. If that's you and you just need to get right with God, you need to repent and, and receive his forgiveness and let him be Lord of your life. He loves you so much. If that's you, just raise your hand. Today's your day. Don't miss this moment. He loves you. If you're watching online, you're saying, that's me. I need Jesus. Man, I'm not right with God. I want to get right with God. I, I need his mercy. I want him to change my life. It starts right here, right now. Secondly, here today, you say, Paul, I'm saved. But this message challenged me to start doing some things in a practical way, to be unforgettable this year, to be remarkable, to stand out not just with customer service, but how I treat every person around me. If that's you, raise your hand today. I want to pray for all of us in this room that we would live an unforgettable life this year, showing people the love of God. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I repent of my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus for living an unforgettable life. Help me to live unforgettable with your love for all those around me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. God bless you. Have a great week. You got the victory. You are unforgettable.